Hello, everyone. This is Rick with Cybersecurity Professional Podcast, where industry leaders share their insights. It is six questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. So let's get to it. David, super excited to have you on. Question number one in a few sentences. Tell us who you are and what you do. I am the IT security director for Integra Partners. At Integra Partners, we provide a single solution for DME POS. And what that stands for is durable medical equipment, prosthetics, orthotics, and supplies. My job is to keep us from getting hacked and to keep our data along with our customers and our partners' data secure. Nice. I love that you didn't kill us with acronyms. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, question number two, what's the best thing about being uh, both a cyber and an IT professional in this case? I would say in, bo in both cases, it's because it's an ever-changing in-demand field and a good cyber professional can find a job in just about any industry. It never gets stale or gets old. It's always changing. It, uh, you always have to keep current. Maybe that's a good and bad thing, but that's, that's absolutely what I feel too. Question number three, I hear from other leaders in the industry that cybersecurity is a top concern, but what does that mean to you? I think it means that business leaders understand that in today's world, everything is connected and there is no going back to pencil and paper. It's not realistic. Once you accept that, you realize that your systems, your data, your processes have to be protected or your organization could quickly, very quickly go out of business. So let me just uh, throw a curveball question in there. Um, and it's more of a fun question. Did you ever work for a company that used to track what they were doing security wise with an Excel spreadsheet? Oh, of course, I have pretty oh, nearly <laughs> every job I've had up until the current one. So yes, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So how do you feel people can move forward in the process? How, how can they utilize technology to utilize the tech, the security stacks? A lot of it depends on the organization and what the processes are. An Excel spreadsheet isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're a small enough organization and you really only have a few things you're tracking. But if you were one of the major corporations in the world, that wouldn't do it. So I think what you have to do is you have to look at your business processes, look at the workflow and see what modern tools out there, maybe a cloud-based tool, that, that's kind of the thing lately, um, could enable you to do your track, do your, your tracking, your processes that way. And then it wouldn't matter where you physically were. You could access it via the cloud. You wouldn't have to rely on the hard drive of your laptop storing files. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a quick answer, but it, it would depend on the organization and how to act nimbly. I think that's a fair answer, though. I think people sometimes just get so entrenched with, with focusing on all of the stuff they have to get done and forget that there's a way to make a process work and make it better. So, so appreciate that. Question number four, this is the juicy question for you. What piece of insight do you want to share with other cyber experts? I think what often gets lost is that cyber professionals have to be realistic about what can be achieved in an organization and that cybersecurity has to be aligned with the organizational's business goals. So what does that mean? For instance, a company like General Motors, one of the largest companies in the world, they would have an entire team of cybersecurity professionals with multiple layers of management, multiple tiers of management. General Motors would have a very extensive and very well-documented cyber defense and cyber defenses, plural, that would be out of reach for, say, a medium-sized business. It's not realistic to model a medium-sized business's cybersecurity program after a company like General Motors. You won't have nearly the budget that GM would have. So you have to tailor your defenses according to what personnel you have and what you can afford. Now, there's a flip side to that, though. 
On the flip side, a smaller organization can generally move much more quickly and be more nimble than larger organizations. So it's a trade-off it, and it, it depends, but it all depends on the organization, what your goals are, what you can realistically achieve, and then you try to make it fit that. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Can there be crossover? Can, can a smaller middle, middle-sized business still share some of the tactics that the big businesses are using? I think so. You just have to be able to adjust. For instance, let's say you were a small government organization uh, in a rural part of the state where I'm at in Michigan. Now, one key piece of cybersecurity would be you need to have offline backups. What if you don't have the bandwidth going out of your organization to a cloud provider? Or what if you don't have something else in place? Well, an offline backup could be as simple as using an external USB drive to back up your systems and then have, say, a local police department store those backups. Police departments are, they, they are tailor-made, they specialize in secure locations. That's one small example. Is it elegant? No, but you would have an offline backup that if you were hit with ransomware, you could go physically get that external USB drive, bring it back and restore your systems. That's one example, but I think you have to be, you have to be able to adjust like that. Know what, what, what's in front of you, what your limitations are. And again, it doesn't have to be elegant, just operational. That's a great piece of advice. Question number five, what other successful cyber professionals like yourself do you think should get acknowledged and maybe be on the podcast? I'll actually give you three names. Uh, the first one, is name, his name is Brian Herr. He's a former boss of mine, and he is a chief information security officer at Mainline Information Systems. Excellent resource, excellent experience, excellent cybersecurity uh, skills. And I'm going to give you two additional names that I think you, you might be... Um, a little bit surprised at because they're both members of the Michigan State Police. They are both sworn officers of the Michigan State Police Department. Uh, their names are Eric Darling. He's a detective lieutenant. And the other one is James Ellis, a detective first lieutenant. So again, they're both with the Michigan State Police and they help run the Michigan uh, Cyber Command Center, what they call MC3. Uh, I think it would be interesting to get a law enforcement perspective on cybersecurity and, and what that involves. And, the, and, those, and those two folks, Lieutenant Darling and Lieutenant Ellis, are, I think would be tailor-made for what you're looking for. Uh, that's, that's great. I appreciate that. I know I've had a couple of, you know, Fed folks on, but never anybody from the state level and never anybody definitively focused on law enforcement. So um, that's, that's definitely, uh, I think that'll be a good add to the community. So thank you for that. Sixth and final question, fun question here. What is your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? <laughs> that's a tough one, but I did, I did think of one actually. Uh, once in a great while, if you go to an organization, you'll find a very old Windows PC running a critical function that cannot be migrated that's running Windows 95 or Windows 98. Now, putting aside the fact that you couldn't connect a system like that to an actual network without opening up a gaping security hole, uh, those systems really take you back to a different time. Config sys, auto exec bat, I mean, some of the really old fun stuff. It's, it's fun to look at them. And when you, if, you could, if you have the time to, to explore some of the settings and things like that, you're like, wow. That was a long time ago. Wow, that takes me back. I mean, I think we both came from back in the day when, when Windows 95 first came out. So that, that makes me think about all of the things that you couldn't do today with that. But that's awesome. You're right. I know, I know tons of programs that are still running. They're just not connected to the network. So, so David, you did it. Six questions in nine minutes because of the best know when to be concise. It was epic having you on. Everyone, make sure you check out more episodes and insights from the Cyber Pro Podcast. My name is Rick Mishka. Stay awesome, my friends. Thank you.